Hello! Welcome to Let Your Life Echo. Each week, we'll talk to friends from across the United States. Together, we'll sift through our experience of community, prayer, theology, and apostolic work, exploring what we think are the keys to sainthood. I'm Michelle Galad, and I am your host for today's podcast, and I am here today with two lovely women that I met at St. John the Evangelist who are working there as focused missionaries, Allie and Zoe. Allie, Zoe, would you kind of introduce yourselves a little bit? Yes, thank you, Michelle, for having us, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a joy to be here with you today. Uh, my name is Allie Fitzsimmons. I'm a second-year focus missionary here at IUPUI in Indianapolis. Um, I'm originally from Red Wing, Minnesota, and I went to school there. And right after graduation, I joined Focus. So it's a little bit about me. Um, I'm Zoe Poole. Uh, this is my fifth year as a Focus missionary. And I guess for anybody who doesn't know what Focus stands for, it's the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Um, and uh, yeah, it's my fifth year. My second year here at IUPUI. Um, my first two years, I was in at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville in Platteville, Wisconsin, and then Winona State University in Winona, Minnesota for my third year. Um, and then I moved out here. Uh, I'm originally from Minnesota as well, from the beautiful town of Brainerd in central Minnesota. So, woo, yeah, great to be here. <laughs> Who has the longer drive home? Definitely me. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's about three, three hours? No, three and a half hours for me. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. At least. At least three and a half hours yeah. from Allie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. a 12 hour drive from here. What? Yeah. It takes me about nine hours to get home. What? It's <laughs> so long. Yeah. So if anybody knows any cheap flights, yeah, that's the way to do it. We will. <laughs> Good resources yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, It's Advent currently. Do you have any Advent traditions? That's funny you should ask. <laughs> we have a little testimony, yeah. a little conversion of so, Advent. <laughs> well, growing up, we never really celebrated Advent, so to speak. We'd have an Advent wreath, but that was about it. Um, my family kind of just dove right into the Christmas season. So when <laughs> I became a missionary, I was like, Zoe, we need to enter into this like super hardcore um, yeah. So we kind of went to an extreme, which is not virtue, everyone. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, <laughs> like, let's just say if you were to walk into our house last year, you would have felt like you were in a prison. It was so cold and just, like, empty feeling. Like, we didn't have a tree up at all. No decorations. Um, like, hardly any hardly. decorations. Yeah. I think we had, like, one one thing that said, Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Because uh, that, that was Advent-themed. And then, like, a picture <laughs> of our Blessed Mother, like, pregnant. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, but, but this year we've learned. Um, we've yeah. grown in virtue yes. this year. And we uh, <laughs> decided that we <laughs> could still decorate for Christmas, but also mm-hmm. Advent. And so we decided to put our tree up, but we strung it with purple lights. And um, Allie's been doing the dress, or dressy, huh, Jesse tree. Um, so she... I haven't been doing this, but she's great. <laughs> so she printed out all like the different 
passages that you're supposed to read each day, and then she cuts out, like, an ornament, so to speak, and colors it and hangs it on the tree every day. Um, so that's how we're decorating our tree is with like the Jesse tree ornaments. Mm -hmm. Um, and then at Christmas time, then we'll take the purple lights off and put Christmas lights up. Um, but one section of our house is kind of like ready more for Christmas, but it's not like in your face. And then the other part of our house is like more for Advent. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we have our O Come O Come Emmanuel. We have... Theotokos of Mary pregnant with Jesus and yeah yeah there's like blue and white lights strung up in our kitchen so very Marian yeah um, yeah we're finding the balance yeah. of yes it's Advent time but yeah. yeah and we recognize too that um, you know we can't control other people and how they celebrate so we we like didn't listen to any Christmas music at <laughs> all people were like like our Bible study girls would come over and they just thought we were like the worst because we're like don't even sing that song like you can't do that here um, just like very extreme like we said um, but now it's like Okay, you know what? We're not going to freak out if people start playing Christmas music and, like, we can sing along and, like, I mean, obviously preferring to, like, listen to Advent music. Um, Allie made a play an authentically Advent playlist on Spotify. Check it out. Um, and so, like, that's what we would listen to more so than, like, Christmas music, but we're not going to go all... Crazy yes, know, people. Crazy. <laughs> so we've had a, a conversion. <laughs> so it's that's amazing. Oh, that's really really great. <laughs> yeah, it's a long story. <laughs> well, when when you walk into my house, the first thing you see is you walk in and there's an Advent wreath, which is very explicit. And then when you look above it, it's the classic image of the angels playing to Mary. Um, and Jesus is born in the picture. So there, there, there's some troublesome there, but at the same time, it's very Marian. Um, but then there is, a an artwork, a hand painted artwork that's by Katrina Harrington. She's a Catholic artist online. Um, she goes by Rose Harrington in her Etsy shop, but it's references the waiting. It's a quote by Jose, St. Jose Maria Escriva about the waiting. And it's a beautiful image. It's just kind of a watercolor image of a purple candle. So that's very Advent, right? But I did just de-Santa most of my home, which has been great because I had Santas from the past. And I think two Santas survived this de-Santaing. And one of my Santas that survived was it's a Santa figurine and he is humbling, looking down at the baby Jesus in a manger. So that's clearly making a point that uh, Santa's looking at the real meaning of Christmas. And then my other Santa is just from my favorite children's book called Mickey's um, Tour of Christmas Around the World. And it's just like my nerdy little kid's book. But So my house is not nearly as Advent strict. There are Christmas things out, but it's very clear that Advent is still the highlight, right? That Advent is. That's mm -hmm. good. Have you, have people like commented on that at all? I don't think we've had enough people over to comment. Yeah, I don't think we've had people over. It's not that the door has been closed. It's just I haven't had a social since we decorated. Yeah, not like you. No. I love the cold though. The fact that it was cold and dark last year. <laughs> yeah. I want to pay for heat. Yeah, that's what the prophets felt like. They were waiting a long time in the cold. <laughs> just waiting. 
I mean, you can play some jokes waiting for the light of the world, right? You know, heat. Yeah. That's desperate. Heat up to like 67, 68, rather than 63 or 64. <laughs> <laughs> Our male teammates would come over and like the first things they would say is, it's, it's so, so cold. cold in here. And we're like, all right. Well, we don't keep our house at 75 degrees. I think. Just kidding. That's amazing. Right now, because that's another extreme we went to, is getting rid of our internet. So we don't have internet, so we're at their house. <laughs> How's the no internet life? It's hard. It's really hard. It's um, been good. We learned a lot. Yeah. But again, we went from one extreme of like indulging, like overindulging in the internet mm-hmm. to the other extreme of cold turkey. Barren. <laughs> Could you share a little bit about that process? What's that been like? Or what have you learned? Yeah. Um, Wi-Fi is a tool. And God bless him for that he created Wi-Fi. No. um, (laughs) No, as a first world missionary, you need need internet. Um, That's how students communicate. That's how you reach out to them is, yeah, just like through different social media outlets. Um, That's how you add to your Bible study by like looking up videos or like adding music. Um, That's how you foster hospitality when you host events of like having music in the background. And when you don't have internet access, all those things kind of get taken away. Um, Yep. So those have, yeah, those have been some, like, thorns, I guess, or struggles of not having internet. Uh, but originally, it was it was a good intention originally, yeah. because, yeah, I, for myself, I realized I was distracting myself a lot by, like, mm-hmm. noise. Even if it was, like, podcasts or, like, good music, um, I wasn't allowing for silence, and mm-hmm. like prayerful pondering throughout my day to let the Lord speak to me. Um, I would just distract myself with whatever. And so not having internet has been been good in the sense of, yeah, when I'm doing dishes, I don't have music on, so I just talk to the Lord. Or I continue my holy hour, like what I was like praying with in my holy hour, I continue to ponder that. Or yeah, I've prepped a lot of Bible studies, through washing my dishes. I'm just like, Lord, I have Bible study tomorrow. What what do you want to do? And like, just like thinking through it and allowing the Lord to inspire me. Um, so those have been some fruits of it, but that season is over. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I've also developed healthy habits of like going to bed, like at a certain time and having like a time to wind down and yeah, just like a good good wholesome nightly routine um developed that so which is helpful because then when I like wake up the next morning like I'm more like awake and I feel more like full to like yeah take on the day so there have been fruits but like I I said that that season has is now coming to a close (laughs) oh I had to think about that I'm not right now. I won't think about that right now. But um, my last kind of just like things that are going on in Indianapolis, the SEED conference is coming up in Indianapolis. So that's obviously in your uh, neighborhood. And then we as we're all in the same parish and your ministry is in the parish um, that I attend. And that's our Christmas festival, Chris Kindle. Um, 
what are you so instead of getting into businessy mode necessarily what are you excited about with some of these things coming up mm. um well we can start with chris kennel first since that's the first thing coming up this weekend uh, i'm super excited saturday night is like the eucharistic procession um that's my favorite part just because um yeah i think because you get to kind of see how christ was brought into the world and how he's still in the world today of there's like a a a pregnant mary riding on a donkey or walking next to the donkey um and then behind her and Joseph is the Blessed Sacrament. And so you get to see how Christ came into the world through through Mary and her yes. And then how he's still in the world today and how we can still adore him. Um, and how we are meant to be those living tabernacles just as Mary was the first tabernacle. So that's a really, I really enjoy that part of Chris Kindle. Also my mom is coming She's going to come visit just so she can see Chris Kindle. And so, I mean, it's kind of crazy if, like, somebody's willing to drive 12 hours just to come see Chris Kindle um, and me, you know, come see her daughter. But uh, so I'm excited to, like, experience that with my mom, too. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with everything Zoe said. Um, I haven't quite thought about this, but, um, I'm definitely a planner and very type A. So yeah, I haven't really thought about what I'm excited for because I'm just kind of like, okay, how can I help out the St. John staff or yeah, what needs to get done? Um, but that's just like an area of growth I know for myself of, yes, like the Lord has given me gifts of like planning and like helping put Mm -hmm. events together, but he also wants me to enjoy them. Um, Yeah, I guess, I don't really know. (laughs) Um, I always love live music, so I think, yeah, just um, hearing the different choirs um, sing. There's just something so pure about um, just choir singing. Um, Yeah, I'm just really excited for that. Yeah, the procession's really cool. I've never seen anything, like, I've never seen a parish do anything like this. So, um, I just always love how St. John's just kind of, not kind of, how they always bring the faith outside of their doors. Um, they don't just, like, keep keep what happens in the church, inside the church. They truly um, go forth to mm-hmm. be a witness Um, which I've always admired about St. John's. Um, It's really cool. Yeah, I love Chris Kindle. And similar to what you just said, that there's no other parish I've come across who does something like this, of really putting together almost like the parish festival kind of idea, but towards the incarnation and the importance of God becoming human in the world, right? Um, and making that very obvious and reaching out to the community to trans be part of that action of transforming the world. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, and really excited for Seek to come oh, yeah. to Indy mm-hmm. uh, January 3rd through the 7th. Um, and just getting to host so many people, thousands and thousands of people um, in our city is such a gift. And yeah, we're really looking forward to just seeing how 
the Lord blesses this city um, mm. through that. Um, but then also yeah, our students and the young adults and any adults that are coming like from the area. Um, yeah, just hoping that the Lord truly, I always pray that the Lord wrecks people's hearts, <laughs> which sounds like a, uh, why the heck would you pray that prayer? Because he always answers it. Um, and just like breaks through any walls and just like draws people deeper into his sacred heart, um, and truly transforms their lives. And so that's my Mm -hmm. hope for ourselves, like my team and, um, myself and the students and all those who attend of just that they can go from maybe they're at one spot in their faith journey that they can go to the next spot in their faith journey, go a little deeper. Mm. Um, cause it's all about the day to day, you know, mm-hmm. um, building those habits. So hopefully those students who might be in, like on the, the fence of like, and eh, do I do this whole Catholic thing? Like, hopefully they go from there to being like, yes, I do do this Catholic thing. Or like those students who are already like in a spot of leadership and like, are being invested in will be like, dang, now I need to go out and like invest in others too. And so, Mm. yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited for all the speakers. I'm excited to just like spend that time with the Lord and spend that time with my students. Um, and yeah, see what he has in store for all of us. (laughs) Oh, that's beautiful. Well, that might be a good transition. Just that that's very connected to your ministry, right? And both of you are focused missionaries. Uh, so maybe that's a good description of some of your ministry that you're doing with through Focus. Um, though you, I, I know you've mentioned some places where you've been in Focus before, Zoe, but maybe just specifically talk about what's your ministry with Focus currently um, in downtown Indianapolis, IUPUI. Yeah, so um, Focus's model or what we really strive to live out is intentionally um, reaching out to a few and through just prayer, also known as divine intimacy, building that habit of praying and yeah, walking with people as they grow in relationship with the Lord and growing in authentic friendship, um, where you really strive to will someone's good uh, and like yeah, love them in the truest meaning. Um, through that in, that investment, the hope is that. They will encounter the Lord in such a personal way that they will want to share that with others and teach them to do the same. And yeah, that's done through small group Bible studies um, and then one-on-one discipleships. And so what is discipleship? Discipleship is living life together and accompanying one another as we walk towards Christ as our rabbi, as our teacher. Um, it's about getting to heaven and being a saint. And so, yeah, just like through getting to know someone, like how, how does the Lord desire to enter into this person's life and how am I being called to do, like, how am I being called to be that instrument for him? Um, yeah. And like, how are they helping me grow? And so... Yeah, I, I, do you have anything to add, so? Yeah, it's just, then as we invest in them, um, our hope and our prayers that they get on fire for the mission, 
Um, because when you have that intimacy with the Lord and you grow an authentic friendship with others, then like you can't help but share this with other people. And so to really follow the great commission of go therefore and make disciples of all nations, that's Jesus's last command, uh, not his like, if you want to, this would be great, really helpful, you know? Um, it's like, no, go do this. And so that's what we're doing. That's what we're called to do as baptized Christians, not as focused missionaries. Um, anyone who's baptized, this is your call. So go do this. Um, but then, yeah, hopefully, you know, we are able to equip our students well enough. Um, and, you know, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called um, to be able to go out and invest in their peers as well um, and really make this this chain reaction, this exponential growth of investing mm-hmm. in a few who invest in a few and so on and so forth. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what, that's what our mission here at IUPY is, just as it is anywhere, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like you said, it's different campus to campus, and so it looks a little... A little different, but what were what were some of the key moments that in your own conversion that have gotten you to this point? Because I would imagine that there's probably been. I mean, you both speak about the Lord working in your heart, and you both know the importance of prayer. What were some of those moments of conversion that have really kind of changed your heart to be in this place that you are living out that baptismal call? Well, mine started with SEEK 2015 in Nashville. So SEEK has a very special place in my heart. Um, Long story short, I was just very far from my faith uh, when I went to SEEK. And through the speakers and just through the conference itself, I came to know Jesus um, in a very personal way. And my eyes were opened to the truth and beauty and goodness that the Catholic Church has to offer anyone and everyone. Um, So that was a huge, that that moment, yeah, Seek as a whole was completely changed my, like, like, the trajectory of my entire life. Um, I don't know where I would be right now if I didn't encounter the Lord at that time and at that place. And so... That was a key moment for me of just like being reverted back to living, like starting to live for God again. Um, And then another key moment for me was about a year and a half later, I went on a mission trip with Focus to Mexico City. And coming back from that, I was just like, Lord, like, how do I, how am I supposed to serve the poor? Like, what, where's the poor here? And I remember, like, it was yesterday, I was just walking to my class or wherever and just seeing all these, like, students. And the Lord was like, these are the poor that I desire for you to reach out to. Like, they're so dead inside and they, like, don't know it um, because they don't know me. And, yeah, and I was just like, whoa. And one thing led to another, and I became a focused missionary shortly after that. It was like a month after that. I, like, went to the interview weekend, and two weeks later, I said yes to the invitation to be a missionary, full-time missionary with focus. Um, But Zoe and I were talking yesterday, and 
like, yes, those two big moments were, like, crucial, but it's the daily grind. Um, we were actually just talking about this uh, an hour or so ago, about how great saints weren't made great saints in the big moments that we tend to always talk about or fixate on. Um, great saints were made because every day they woke up and they actively chose to be faithful to God um, in loving Him and serving Him and making Him known to the world. And that's what we're all called to do, whether you have the title of focused missionary or not. Like, if you're a baptized Christian, like, we're all, as children of God, as a part of the family of God, it is, like, our responsibility to know, love, and serve the Lord, and know, love, and serve others. And so, um, it's that daily grind of choosing and saying yes, um, to the Lord that, yeah, that's what converts you. That's how the Holy Spirit works. Um, and it makes sense, right? Like, look at salvation history. Like, the Bible wasn't written overnight, you know? Like, all the events of, like, Christian history have happened over generations, the Lord has revealed himself over generations. And so why would our conversions be any different? Um, yeah. So, because that requires trust and perseverance. So, yeah, it's not a light switch. So I guess that's kind of been my, yeah, something I've recently have started seeing, like the beauty in the ordinary. Mm. Yeah. Um, for me, I... I had a good upbringing, and so I was already involved in my faith, but when I went to college, I really wanted to dive deeper, um, and so, but I, at the same time, I didn't know that there was daily mass, and so, one of my, <laughs> I thought it was just at camp, you know, in the summers, uh, for that week, um, but my friend, my freshman year, my friend invited me to go to mass with her one day, and I was just like, oh, sure, yeah, why not? Um, didn't know this was here. So I went with her and I walked into, so I, I went to college at North Dakota State University in Fargo, North Dakota, go Bison. And, um, no one can see me do the, <laughs> the hand sign for it. But anyways, um, yeah, she, we had a Newman Center there for the college students and we walked in to the Newman Center, and there was, like, 30 students there praying before Mass, and I was just like, huh, there's something different here, but I couldn't <laughs> quite put my finger on it, you know, and I was just very attracted to that, and in the, like, in the middle of Mass, during the consecration, when um, the priest was elevating Jesus, it was like, Jesus just, like, from the altar, like, wound up and lassoed me, and, like, drew me closer and deeper into his heart and so from that moment on I was just like whoa <laughs> I need to keep coming back I don't know what the heck just happened but I need to keep coming back to mass and so I I would like go back to mass every day from there um and what I recognized um because then too from that I was invited into discipleship with focus um, well, discipleship with the Lord, excuse me, not with focus, <laughs> but focus was there to help facilitate that. Um, and, uh, I learned how to pray. I didn't have a prayer life. I didn't know the person of Jesus. I knew a lot about him, but I didn't know him. And so from that, 
just like learning how to pray, I recognized that those students that were there before mass praying, they all had a personal relationship with the Lord. And that is so attractive when you don't have that. You don't recognize that you're missing it until you see others who have it. And so, um, yeah, again, like Allie said, that was like, that was a single moment that I like really experienced the Lord, but it was through the day to day, um, of just like, yeah, persevering in going to mass every day and like starting to pray every day. Um, and just those relationships and then throughout college and even into my time as a missionary, I've like come to know each person of the Trinity in a unique and personal way as well. And I think that has radically transformed me also, um, like to the point where it was like the end of my first year as a missionary. And I apparently never recognized this desire or this call to be a saint. Um, but I just like (laughs) really desired it at the end of my first year. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is what I'm created for. Not to just like sneak into heaven and be a lower S like lowercase S saint, but like a capital S saint, like a canonized saint. Like this is for all of us. And this is what the Lord is calling us to. And I need to be bold and courageous in proclaiming his name. Like I remember one day at mass, I was just like, you know, going through the motions of like, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your, you know, like, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until we come again, or until you come again. And I, it just hit me, and I was like, do I do that? Do I actually proclaim your death and resurrection until you come? Or am I just saying this, you know? And like, how many of us do that all the time? And so it just, like, really struck me, and I was like, dang. And I was already a missionary, so it was like, I already recognized this call, but it was like, we need those daily conversions. And so that was that was huge, I think, for me, and just like, yeah, hopefully, hopefully inspiring other people to live a life um, worthy of sainthood as well, capital S, sainthood, not, not settling for the lower. I mean, I'd be totally fine with that, but... I really want to be canonized, so. And so I think you made a good point, like, the community. Um, yeah, my sisters in college, I like, there are women I would die for. Or I would do anything for them. Um, yeah, like, when I, like, even thinking about them now, like, my soul just, like, burns um, for them. And so I think that's also, like, so important to have in a walk of faith are those sisters, um, and brothers, but you need those, you need those women in your life who are keeping you accountable, who are able to, yeah, sit with you in those moments, in those struggles we have as women, um, yeah, or whatever, and in the joys, um, so I think it's important to note that, yeah, it's not just you and the Lord, like, it's definitely a community thing, Mm. Um, like you can't have that deeper conversion without others because the Lord wants to reveal himself to you. He wants to sanctify you through, through good friendships. Um, so that's also. What do you think have been moments where it, you've definitely been cooperating with the Lord's work? Um, that might also work in relationship with moments that have just really kept the fire alive. Maybe it was a spark to keep this going. Um, because of the day-to-day grind and the day-to-day work, 
is beautiful, but it's also a sacrifice and you get slothful and you get tired. So are there moments that you experienced just the joy of working alongside Christ in this mission in the world and what keeps that spark going? I think first it's important to recognize that having zeal for souls or having yeah, yearning to want to bring others to Christ isn't always going to be a feeling. Um, it's, it's like anything else. It's a choice. Um, it's an act of trust and an act of faith. And so, yeah, um, that's something I've personally had to learn of like, I'm sure I freaked out to Zoe of like, Zoe, I don't have zeal for souls because I I don't feel it. (laughs) And it's like, no, that's not true. Um, but I think, hmm, yeah, how do you, are you, like, asking how do you, like, keep that, hmm, I don't know, do you have something, though? Yeah, so, um, for me, no, that's okay, (laughs) for, for me, I think, like, what has been so helpful, and, I, like, claim my third year when I was in Winona as, like, my, um, what do I claim it as? Your glory My glory year. year. Yeah. Because things just, like, were great. I was in spiritual consolation, like, a million fold. And so that's, like, just, you know, super helpful. I just, like, what was so helpful was for the first, so, like, as missionaries, we get to pray for an hour every day, um, and it's so mm. great. Um, and we would have adoration every day when I was in Winona, and so I would literally sit right in front of Jesus in the monstrance, like, sitting on the floor. Our, our chapel was very small and quaint, um, so I was literally right in front of him, and I would just sit and look up at him, and I would allow him to gaze at me as I gazed at him. And so it's the little concept I like to call behold and beheld. Um, and so I'd spend 20 minutes, the first at least 20 minutes of my holy hour, just doing that and like contemplating and pondering my identity as his beloved daughter. And that just like totally transformed my heart. And um, I think when you are so much more confident and secure in your identity than like you could care less what other people have to say about you. So you are so much more courageous and bold uh, and zealous that you can like, yeah, go up to anyone and start like inviting them into a personal relationship with the Lord or like calling them out on their crap and like, you know, just like seeing their potential. That was something that, yeah, I think is a fruit from that is seeing somebody's potential for sainthood seeing the Lord's desire for them to be united with his heart. And so when you have that, it's not that you're fearless because there's still fear in it, but like, I was like, Oh, what if they don't like me? Um, but you just don't care as much because you're, you're like, well, I'm a beloved daughter of the, the king of everything, you know, like who cares what those other people have to say? Um, they need to know, they need to know the Lord and I'm not going to be the one to get in the way of that. And so I think that has been super helpful for me of just like sitting in the presence of the Lord like that to really fuel that zeal and that does like, like break our hearts for what breaks yours, you know, Mm -hmm. of like seeing 
the porn spirit like Allie saw after her mission trip of like seeing the porn spirit and like yeah needing to do something about that not being their savior but bringing them to their savior um so I don't really remember your question but (laughs) I have to say about that (laughs) no that names of the powerful moments within the ministry right I think that we've we can probably imply that there have been powerful moments with people you've been accompanying accompanying as they've been discipling um and I liked your specification that they're discipling they are disciples of the lord you're just accompanying them on that journey um but you have been a big proponent of that of um specifically spending that time in the morning and just like coming to christ and coming to the lord and just knowing that he is the answer he's the answer and that his love for me is the answer and that is my identity in the world that i am a daughter of you i'm the daughter of you and and your mission is to realign the world that Lord, you are first. So how is it that I put you first? And not only am I choosing to love you in that way, um, to be in your presence and to choose that 20 minutes in the morning, but then how is it that you claim me so that no one else claims me? Because the, I mean, we could do an entire different conversation as you just talked about spiritual consolation to desolation. The amount of times that we are lured away with temptation is insane. And the amount of times those little itty bitty choices that, just distance ourselves from God or focus our focus our energy back on ourselves. It's actually pretty frightening um, and it's exhausting. So um, that kind of what your example challenges me that how am I just spending more time in silence in adoration, right? And just being quiet, stop talking, stop rattling, or if you need to get it out, write it down, get it out, put it to the side, right? And just be there in silence. Um, Kind of a, in a model of John, you know, a John of the Cro- not not John of the Cross. I mean, he's a beautiful model in a different way. But if you think about John and how he w- just stood there at the foot of the cross, or Mary, right? And how is it that they just stood there at the foot of the cross? And at that point, they were looking at an action of love that was completely rejected in the world, um, that most of the world saw differently. But they were just kneeling there. I mean, probably with great emotion. They might not have been silenced. But I would imagine when you see that atrocity of someone who is your beloved here on earth, all you can do is respond with silence. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so true. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say John 15, um, the vine and the branches mm. passage has been huge for me to be able to do that. Of Verse four, abide in me as I abide in you. Like, what does that, what does that mean? What does that look like? And just like being able to enter into that. Mm. Yeah. How have you seen that being a fruit in your ministry? Like the times where you have prioritized that that moment in the morning in adoration or you've really used that holy hour well. How have you seen that those fruits in your ministry compared to the times when they was maybe you just got lazy, right? I've been there. I could name a whole list, but what were times what were the fruits? I don't know. Yeah, fun fact, Zoe used to be my focus missionary. I was one of her students in her third year. Um, at Winona. And so, yeah, now we're teammates. So like (laughs) I'm visible fruit of Zoe's labors. Um, but she wasn't even like the one in discipleship with me. She discipled my best friend who discipled me. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I was actually, so it's like, we call it a discipleship chain. So it's kind of like a family tree. And so, I was in like the second generation. Yeah, I was in the second generation of her chain. Um, 
And then, yeah. And even below, yeah. And then I was discipling one of my best friends, Maddie, who was discipling another girl. And so we had like a four generation chain going on at um, Winona. And now Maddie, who we, like I was in discipleship with, she has now accepted a position with focus like a week and a half, two weeks ago now. So, um, those are just some of the fruits, but yeah. Um, something that our, so Zoe's boss is our regional director, Tyler Dagan. He, we call him regional dad. He (laughs) lives out his spiritual fatherhood extremely well. And cause you don't always see that visible fruit. Um, yeah, you just might like wherever you're at in your ministry or whatever campus you're at, you might be the one tilling the soil for the first time and you might be doing that all year and then then like, or for two years and then the next missionary who comes along finally gets to plant the seeds and then it's not until like three or four missionaries later that like the seeds start to grow. And so, um, sometimes you don't see that visible fruit. But, um, which, you know, has kind of been my experience as a missionary. And so, you know, that leaves a lot of room to be tempted with discouragement or doubt of like, am I supposed to be doing this? And Tyler, my original director, was like, Allie, like, yes, we want to see visible fruit. Like, that's always our hope. But sometimes we have to gauge, like, what fruit are we bearing internally? Is my heart bearing the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Um, yeah, am I kind? Am I patient? Am I gentle? Am I faithful? Am, do I have self-control? Um, and so on and so forth. And so that's like another way you know that your life is bearing fruit is by mm. looking internally. Because um, that will eventually lead to external fruit. Um And so that's kind of the season I'm in right now is, yeah, I'm like tilling the soil and like starting to plant seeds, I would say, definitely. Um, If we're going with that analogy of where I'm at, like in my own personal ministry here at IUPUI. And so a lot of, yeah, just working with my spiritual director and like, yeah, living life with Zoe and the team. Um... I have to, like, be looking at, is my life bearing the fruits of the Spirit? Because I'm not really seeing that external fruit yet. Um, I will. Like, I trust in the Lord that it will come. Um, It's taken me a long time to get there. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. So, that's kind of been my fruits. Like, what we see the most is we need witnesses. People are not going to listen unless you're a witness. So, what you talk about is that people won't listen to us unless we're living it, right? So in some ways, that is the seed planting, is like the showing up for a long period of time and showing that you're credible because you're living it. Um, And then you educate people of, hey, these are the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and you can recognize them in me. You can recognize them in the bad days when I don't have them. But then you can start to recognize the Lord at work in your own life, right? We uh, have a saying and focus that more is caught than taught. And so that's mm. why we really strive to live life with, with each other, with our students. So that way um, 
yeah, we have to constantly be asking ourselves, is our, are our lives worthy of imitation? Because that's mm. what discipleship is, is imitating. Imitate me as I imitate you, Christ, you know? Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, something we need to keep ourselves in check with. And, like, do we have that moral authority? Are we living beyond reproach of, like, would would this cause scandal, you know? Like, hopefully not. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. but just like living, living to a, a higher standard, you know, mm. a higher standard of living, you know, living a life of virtue. Mm. I'm going to transition to roses and thorns. Um, maybe you think back in your life, what are some of thorns in your life? Maybe roses. You can just name one, one of the two of weeks or this week. Sorrow would be just exhaustion nothing bad has happened just exhaustion so it's my decision to get six hours of sleep every night instead of like you know seven or eight which has been bad especially because I've been um training just like so I've been running quite a bit and that my body I finally went to bed last night really early and, and slept in and just dealt with the fact that I would have minimal time before school because my body was shutting down um roses I would say a rose for me has been, I've been reading a lot. Um, and I think a rose of mine would be the, the gratitude I have for being that person because I've wanted to be that person. And a lot of it's in responses to, you know, tough things within the church or topics that are complicated. Um, and just kind of taking it on of wanting to either be inspired by reading good Catholic literature, um, or, reading into topics so that I can be more credible. Um, and that is totally the spirit's hand because I'm surrounded by a couple people who read all the time. So I can't take any credit for it, but I'm grateful for the discipline to keep doing it. So that's been a joy. Mm, that's awesome. What, uh, what's been your favorite book to read? I really liked C.S. Lewis's book on called Till We Have Faces because at the core of it, it's really coming back to like our deepest desire as humans is God alone. Um, and the fact that this character shows most of her life, she's filled with vice and resentment and just all of the most negative internal struggle that we don't show it other people. And then there's a moment of conversion and all of a sudden at the end, like all of that backstory of negativity internally has changed. So to see the conversion at the end is really beautiful. Mm, wow. Mm-hmm. I think you had recommended that book to me a while ago because I wrote it down in my notes on my <laughs> phone of like, read this book. I can't remember <laughs> where it came from, so it must have been you. Woo! That's good. Do it. All right. Thorns and Roses. Oh, sorry, Michelle. We're about to get real. That's how I am. So... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think a thorn right now. So something that I just like, it's kind of an ongoing thorn in my life. Um, I just, I struggle with anxiety. It's just something I experience. And so, yeah, because it's like the end of the semester and there's just a lot going on, that thorn is kind of irritated a little bit. Uh, so it's just like, but it's, but at the same time, it's like very beautiful because that's when I need to cling to the Lord the most. Um, and it's been beautiful of like, okay, like, yes, this is a thorn that I have. And I probably will to some degree for my entire life. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it, yeah, the Lord's grace is working through this thorn of mine. Um, more so than ever. 
so yeah, just like sometimes just saying, okay, I'm done for the day. Like I can't do anymore. Um, or yeah, just like carving out a little extra time for myself. So that's been kind of a struggle because it's like finding that balance of like, yeah, I don't know. How do I take care of myself? But like we're in the season of things do need to get done. Like deadlines are here. And so just learning how to balance that has been kind of challenging. But um, my rose stems from that. Uh, yeah, just like clinging to the Lord has been so good. Um, lately, I've been praying with the gospel each day in my holy hour. And it's been such a grace because, yeah, like even us missionaries, like we can know the Lord more. Um and so it's been cool because it's like, I'm not just like, re like when I'm praying with it, I'm not just like, um, I don't know, focusing on what Jesus says um, or even what he does. But it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to imagine how he would say things or how he would do things. And so I think one of the gospels last week was about the healing and feeding of the 4,000. And I just mm -hmm. like... I don't know, just, like, like imagine that, like, how gentle he must have been, how, like, just the kindness in his eyes, like, the love, and so just, like, the, Jesus has just been revealing himself to me in that way of just, like, how kind he is and how gentle he is and just, like, how full of love and affection he has for his people. Um, I don't know, that's been a rose of just my own my own personal relationship with the Lord is, yeah, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm, like, falling in love deeper with the Lord. Um, so that's been a rose of mine. Mm. <clears throat> um, I think possibly a thorn is, yeah, just seeing all the things that I need to do and wondering <laughs> when the heck I'm going to do it all. Um, with also feeling the exhaustion as well of not making prudent decisions of when I go to bed and still having to wake up at the same time. <laughs> um, so not getting as much sleep as I need, um, which then kind of leads into, I don't know, I'm hoping and praying that I'm not getting a cold, but there are some potential cold-like <laughs> symptoms that I have seen over the last couple mm -hmm. of days. And so, yeah, hopefully it's not going to turn anything into anything more. But, yeah, I'm like, now's not really the time. So, mm -hmm. <clears throat> yes. And then uh, Rose, I mean, gosh, there's this semester has just been amazing, so good. I... I, like, I'm not the type of person that does, like, the year of the, or the word of the year generator things, you know, or, like, the saint of the year, you know, and I was like, whatever, like, if you want to do that, cool, but that's not, that's not really me, you know, doesn't scream Zoe, um, but my best friend was doing it, so I was like, well, shoot, I gotta do it too then, you know, it's very influential, thankfully she's very virtuous, so it's good, um, mm. And so she was doing it, so I was like, I'm going to do it too. And my word is lavish. And I was like, okay, what the heck does that have? Like, how, 
how do I live this out or what does that mean? And oh my gosh, this semester, like this summer and into this semester, the Lord has just been lavishing me with all these gifts and graces and just like so many non-spiritual consolations. Um, you can read that in your book too. So welcome. Um, and just like I was reflecting on that today because for the month of December, I'm reading a chapter of Proverbs every day because there are 31 mm. chapters in Proverbs and there are 31 days in December. And Proverbs is part of the books of wisdom. And so if you want to be wise, then you should read the books of wisdom. Um, and mm. yeah, that word was in the chapter today, uh, chapter 11. And Right? It's 11. Yes. Chapter 11. Um and so it's just like really cool to just like reflect on all of these, all of these roses in my life um, for the past like six months, really. Um, but one really cool thing, literally right before this, I got to, I got coffee with a girl in my Bible study and it's, um, it was just like the first time that we've gotten together um, and she just like was able to open up um, and she hasn't. Yeah, I've been to confession for a while, so we made a plan to go to confession together and this week. And so I'm just like, praise the Lamb. Like, so beautiful to just like, yeah. I was just like, well, why don't we go this day? And she's like, sure. Yep, let's do it. And I was like, holy crap. She said yes. <laughs> this is <was> awesome. <laughs> so that's a huge, huge win for the Lord, I guess. Um, yeah, so those are some of my roses. That's so great. That's one tangible thing, at least. Oh, that's really cool. Ah, so many things I would love to say in celebrating that. But uh, do you have any shout outs for people? Oh, gosh. Like, yes. I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Right. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my best friend in the entire world, Brianna Bruski. She is, yeah, she is a beautiful light to this world. And... If it wasn't for her investment and just the authentic friendship that I have for her, I I would I would not be here. So I'm just super grateful mm. for her, yes, and for yeah, just her accompanying me during my time in college. So this is for you, Bree. I love you. <laughs> mm. I've never done a shout out before. Me um, well, I guess I, I mean, I referenced my best friend, Mary, um, <clears throat> yeah, of like, it's beautiful because we weren't in like focused discipleship together, but we, we live discipleship together. Um, and so it's just been very beautiful to see how that relationship centered on Christ has developed over the past eight and a half years. Um, and just like how more of that time. So four and a half of those eight and a half years, we've been like long distance, so to speak, as I've been a missionary. Um, and so it's just beautiful to see how how we are still able to invest in each other and walk together um, towards the Lord, even though we're like 15 hours apart. <laughs> so yeah, I guess I'll sh do a shout out to my best friend, Mary, <laughs> up in Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, so far, so far, it's so cold. I have a shirt. I'm wearing the shirt she gave me for my birthday. It says, "Ah, oh, geez." <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's really great. I was wondering what that said. It's a beautiful scripty shirt. I did not say it. 
I did not think it said that. I figured it said Ave Maria, but this is great in a different way. Yeah, let's go with that. I spilled coffee on it already. I was what? like, good grief. <laughs> so. um, I think I'll, I'll go with the train of, uh, I'm going to do a shout out to my friend Rosie Guerrero, who is thinking about starting to listen to the podcast, but just a long-term friend from undergrad. I lived with her in my 20s and just really cool to see God's work in her life and just the Lord's work because she never really intended to work for the church, but now is working as a youth minister and really has the zeal of growing in relationship with God. So um, I hope I will suggest her to listen to this podcast because of your witness and also because of the shout out. So anyway, thanks for being on the podcast today. And thanks so much for living as great witnesses and just beautiful, beloved daughters and I don't know, radiating joy. Thank you for listening. This is Let Your Life Echo. Feel free to find our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Email us with any comments you have at letyourlifeechopodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and leave reviews. We'd love to hear feedback. Maybe give us comments, share with other people. And if you have ideas of people you'd like us to interview, please let us know. Thank you and have a good week.